0: Oh, we're in for a long one. A long weekend, that is. And you deserve to spend it on the couch with a glass of something good. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered quickly. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's d-r-i-z-l-y.com today.
3: Hi, this is Gil Moore, and I'm here with my buddy Jay Scott on the Hook Rocks. Welcome back to another episode of the Hook Rocks Podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again. I always appreciate all the listeners out there. Uh, We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. You can check out several different music-related podcasts across several different genres. Um, I always like to mention my friends whenever we begin, like Martin Popoff, the rock historian, Ron Anesti, Carmen Apiece, and Vinny Apice on the Hanging and bangin' podcast. I've had Carmine on as well as Ron. Uh, Tom and Zeus, the number one rated KISS podcast, shout out Loudcast. They do a great job. And Mistress Carrie out in Boston, so check her podcast out as well. Uh, I am your host, Jay Scott. Thanks again, like I said, for tuning in. You can follow the Hook Rocks wherever you do podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Amazon. We're on every platform. We've got 350 episodes. We just celebrated with Ace Von Johnson of LA Guns, so please check out that episodes as well as some other great episodes, too, as well, like Scott Gorham from Thin Lizzie. We also did our year-end celebration back in January where we rated the top 30 albums of 2021. We had so many contributions. We did almost six hours of conversation. We talked legacy artists like D. Snyder and Iron Maiden. We talked emerging bands like Dirty Honey and others, as well as unknowns like the Age of Truth out in philadelphia so check that out six hours two episodes 160 albums discussed during the conversation so if you're looking for new rock music that's the place to go we've also done some great new music spotlights lately we've had the warning on georgia thunderbolts we had scarlet rebels from the uk we did the premiere with goodbye june a great band out of nashville with a great new album see where the night goes out um Went number one on the UK Billboard chart, so that is actually fantastic. Uh, but we had Tyler, Landon, and Brandon on the episodes. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, don't forget some of the other stuff that we had on too as well, like Takeaway Thieves from the UK. And we've g- had uh, God, we've had so many. I'm I'm kind of trying to remember them all, but got another new one for you today. It's a great band from Jacksonville, Florida. The band is fortune child and the guests are melanie and buddy what's going on how are you hello what's going on man i'm doing well man glad to have you guys on a really big fan of your stuff um always like to feature great new emerging bands you guys are definitely one of them and we're gonna do uh the conversation learn more about you guys and where you're headed and what you're doing but we always ask the same first question every time we have a first-time guest on the podcast and that really is what we're all about just like every rock song has a hook that pulls you in every rock right. fan has a moment whether it's a song an album a band or performance that hooked them on rock and roll what was it for you guys right. uh no you want to go
0: okay well i guess what hooked me on rock and roll i mean I was a kid. I was always listening to stuff. So I'd listen to anything from, um, Zeppelin to the police, to a lot of Soundgarden, a lot of Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains. And, and at the time era where I was actually a little kid, it was a lot of, um, like, like that kind of new, new metal, new rock. So a lot of incubus, corn and that kind of stuff. So I listened to like classic rock and plus what was out at the time And, and Mars Volta. I loved the Mars Volta as a kid. Um, so a lot of that and but also like um I, I studied a lot of jazz too. Um so I, I grew up in kind of a whole realm of just totally um all genres of music I, I get into. But for the most part when I was a kid, I was listening to like Led Zeppelin, um, the Who, um, the police, cream, um, any if anything with like, you know, loud guitars and loud drums. <laughs>
3: How about you, buddy?
2: Uh, probably have to be Hendrix. Just uh, you know, just the. Uh, I mean, like as far as a guitar player and a songwriter, he pretty much had everything that I was ever, you know, just in love with. As far as you know, beautiful, just attitude. You know, music from the blues all the way to singer songwriter stuff to just you know, kind of crazy improv. You know, guitar playing. So it was. Uh, it was probably Hendrix
3: where did it go from there with you guys? You know, obviously there's that connection uh, to rock music, you know, what you're listening to, but when did it become something that you wanted to do something that you wanted to play?
2: Right. Well, um, uh, when I started playing guitar, I was actually nine and I, uh, I started playing a lot of bluegrass stuff. I had a um, pretty much like my uncle and in school, everyone called him uncle John. And uh, he, uh, he kind of turned me on to, you know, bluegrass started playing guitar and, um just from right there i just i just really embraced the uh the inspiration and the it, just the soul of you know connecting with an instrument finding that you know and and uh, obviously uh, you know discovering guys like clapton and you know stevie ray and paul costar from the band free mm. and just really just getting into the whole attitude of uh, the guitar you know how to make your ideas you know expressive you know and just really push that result, uh, response on that you know like other people um the uh the entire attitude started with uh probably i uh, probably uh, you know just i mean just like any sort of genre of uh, guitar music really made me just want to do that for the rest of my life and uh, nothing else really um you know, since I was nine, you know, it's what I uh, wanted to do since I was probably since uh, before I was born, but, you know, I started playing guitar when I was nine and I've been doing it ever since.
0: I guess, well, I actually started, well, I actually started playing. Well, I, what I did, I wanted to do was like play, like I would started playing guitar and piano when I was like five and I would sing. So I wanted to do kind of like a John Lennon thing or that. But when I got into about middle school, um, you can audition for the jazz band. So at the time I was playing clarinet (laughs) and, um, uh, there was this cute guy who played drums and I liked him, but he didn't like me back. So I was like, well, I'm going to take your spot as the drummer in the jazz band. (laughs) So that's what I did. (laughs) So I literally went and practiced for the summer and then I took his spot. And then that's how drumming started for me. Cause originally I was, I was playing guitar and piano and just kind of doing like singing stuff. And then, um, I started on drums and I just took to it just really, you know, and then I, it became a whole career thing, um, where I went to actual school for it and, and, you know, been making a living since I with it from, since I was like a teenager, <laughs> but that's how it started. But I've always liked music. I always knew I was going to do something to music and it's kind of the only thing I really know. <laughs> So that's how that's how I started playing drums. And and I took a switch from playing um, other other doing like singer songwriter kind of stuff.
3: How about wanting to be in a band? Was there a performance or a concert that you saw that, you know, went from listening and connecting to it to playing the instrument to wanting to get up on stage and being a rock band?
0: probably me going to see li- live concerts i've always even what? when i was a little little kid i've i mean i would see like um i've never got to see obviously led zeppelin live but i would watch like the um documentaries and stuff like how the west was one i'd watch but um i was a little kid I, I you know my i went to go see uh like incubus live and i was like i want to do that that's what i want to do and um or i'd just be glued to like mtv or like something like that and just be like i don't want a job i want to do that (laughs) so that's kind of what when i was a little kid that's what i always wanted to do just and then being in a band and writing music and doing kind of your own thing um with your music and being on stage and performing it's it's um what i've always known i wanted to do
3: (laughs) what about was there a particular concert that you saw that just man that was it
0: well, I guess. Um, well, I, I obviously didn't see it live because it w- it was like 1975, but um or 72, whatever. The, in in how the West was won, but just and and even back from actually some of the earlier clips from like 69 and seeing them play together at like the Royal Albert Hall, it was just um that kind of like feeling and that energy. And the same thing with like watching bands like Free or even like a band like Skinner or like just the energy that they give off on stage, um, is great.
3: What about you, buddy?
2: Um, first I was Willie Nelson actually, um, his, uh, you know, just entire performance was, you know, completely captivating, you know, how he connected with an audience, you know, made me, made me really want to, uh, you know, do that. Um, that entire, like, inspiration of just the power that he held, you know, on stage, you know, like, transcending that to, uh, sorry, to, uh, you know, the people out there, just everyone in that entire place, you know, like, all, you know, I don't know, you know, two, 3,000 people was just so inspiring, you know, that someone with this old beat up guitar could really, you know, capture that. So uh, Will and Ocean was my first concert and um, actually the best one I've ever seen. Uh, believe it or not, you know, like just gives the spirit was all in it. So, uh, Nelson for me it was uh, the one.
3: My first concert was Country 2 as well. Uh, it was, God, I was, I think I was four years old or five. My parents took me <laughs> from Eddie Rabbit.
2: Oh, um, Eddie Rabbit's great, man.
3: Yeah. Like, I love a oh, rainy yeah. night and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, that was my first concert. And then the first concert I saw on TV was the. Uh, and I think it was 81 or 82, it was The Who, like their their first farewell tour. Right. Um, and it was simulcast, and it was on television, and it was just a really cool experience. And, and as far as Zeppelin goes, I'm a huge Zeppelin bootleg collector.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And
3: Melanie, if you check out, you can go on YouTube, you can hear it. But there's a bootleg called Listen to This Eddie, and it's live at the LA mm-hmm. Forum.
0: Oh, Nice. And oh, yeah, it's yeah. it's
3: an it's an audience recording, which is which, and it's one of the best audience recordings of all time. Usually, soundboard recordings are usually the best ones, but right. there's a moment in the show where you hear a guy say, "Yeah, listen to this, Eddie," and that's where the name came from. But when they open up with "Song Remains the Same," uh, Keith Moon is sitting on Bonham's drum riser through the whole show, and they're both completely <laughs> inebriated, and Bonham <laughs> is on another level on this show like his fills his timing his mm-hmm. pocket when you hear him go right in the song remains the same and you hear him doing what he's doing um because he's got his buddy there he wants to show his buddy what he can Hell do yeah. you know it's just electrifying it is just one of the best bootlegs that i've ever heard for bottom um just one of the best performances it's just absolutely incredible absolutely so Check that out if you get a chance tonight oh, okay. or whenever on YouTube. Yeah. Listen to this Eddie live at the LA Forum. I think it's seventy seven or seventy five. Really? Um, okay. But it's man, the, his yeah. drum. I mean, I mean, sorry. It's <laughs> like he, it's like he's like not even on the earth. He's just on another right. planet. It's right. absolutely yeah. incredible. Um. Yes. So as far as the band goes, you guys are from Jacksonville. How did you guys form? What's the history behind the band?
2: uh mel and i've been jamming for a while and mm-hmm. uh it started to get pretty tight you know and just with you know just kind of jamming you know some ideas and we just uh we looked at each other you know we went well you know this is uh we're gonna have to do something with this you know so we um the the first guy that i thought of was uh christian powers you know because this because i've seen him jamming in a little club one night a little blues bar and uh Doing a Bill Withers song actually, and uh, he's just one of those guys that everyone, when he's on a stage, you know, everyone just feels his presence. You know, he's just a very positive guy, a very, you know, like I, I really took to him, you know, because he had a good authority on stage, you know, and just was really commanding on the, on his vocals, and it just everyone in the bar was just like, holy shit, you know, and um, so, you know, we uh, we called him up and was like, hey man, uh, there's some ideas, you know, going on and. And I think he'd be a good fit. So he's suggested John Ward on the bass. You know, John is just a, I mean, like those guys just have a musical mind of just fire. You know, it's just very just, it's like water, you know, it's very free. I mean, like you film an idea and uh, it's just so easy, you know? So we got together, I mean, within the course of, Oh, I don't know about maybe five months. We, uh, we started thinking about this album and, um, it's just, it's just been just the easiest thing in the world and the hardest thing in the world, you know, as far as the work, the work, as far as just the spirit, you know, um, but everyone just kind of comes together and it was just, it was just like a weird mesh of goodness that, you know, it's just like one of those things you never really have to think about and, uh, we're just blessed to be a part of it.
3: Was there a certain direction that you guys wanted to go in a, a, a style that you wanted to do, or that was that yet to be determined until you guys completed the the you know the band
0: well it was kind of like me and buddy would get together and he would come up with these guitar riffs and then we would arrange it together and so some some of the songs we almost had a different kind of idea for them and then we would take it to christian and then it would sound completely Different in a good way, and it, it ended up being this kind of almost classic rock revival type vibe. But then we have like a modern twist on stuff as well. So, and you can hear like the different influences that we have in our in the music, but it still sounds very original. And that's what we were trying to go with. So we sound like us, even though um we have an element of like a classic rock thing going, but still, it's it's us and it's original. So it it, it kind of that's how it kind of came about.
3: Well, was there you know when you and and Buddy started jamming and you started doing the riffs and laying everything down, was there you know an idea of what you wanted to sound like, or Absolutely. was it was it just jamming? And then when you got the other members in the band, it kind of organically developed.
2: Well, the the initial, uh... You know it, that was one thing, man. That uh, you know when we, you know, I would uh, kind of come up with these ideas, you know, and um, Mel would come behind me with a good, you know, solid idea, you know, with the drums as far, you know, and that and that really paved the way for this style and the arrangement of the song. You know, wow. um, there's a lot of Zeppelin influence. There's a lot of uh, Montrose influence. There's a lot, it, it's just good kind of four piece rock. You know, a lot of free, a lot um, of free. You know, a lot, just a lot of uh, space in between, you know, each, each member, you know, as far as how, the, when the four of us got in one room, you know, started writing, you know, it was more of like, um well, I mean, like, we were just so tight that we just kind of developed over time, we just started getting this really big, heavy, tight sound. And that's sort of kind of been our, our kind of, you know, trademark lately is just a very powerful tight four piece sound you know and um you know and uh something like that can only be developed with the four of us you know together you know and uh so so all of us just really get together and um so that's kind of been something that has been developing over time you know of course and uh but the uh the initial you know idea for the band was just you know a lot of classic rock stuff you know a lot of um there's so many just amazing bands in this market you know and 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 outside of the market that we're in by you know so it's just um, it's just super great to be involved, and um, yeah, you know, we take influence from a lot of you know the modern bands out today as well.
3: That's something that I really like to focus on here on the show is the emerging rock scene with Absolutely. the modern rock bands, because um, there's so many great new rock bands. Um, it's unfortunate that a lot of, it's it's harder to find those bands. Um, yes, it is. You know, yep. because there's so much talent out there. There's so much great new music. Uh, as far as that goes, you know, being that we just got out of a pandemic, being limited to what you can do, was it hard keeping the band together during these past couple of years because of everything, you know, going on in the world and, and difficult to play out. And mm-hmm. I know some States had different regulations than mm-hmm. others. It, it it had to be a challenge for not just your band, but every band.
0: Well, we, I, honestly, we probably would have got together earlier but because of the pandemic it was basically just me and buddy just kind of working on stuff just as a, as a kind of like together till we found the other the other two guys but we were kind of like what did we do because like stuff just like shut down but um during the midst of it and stuff we all got together and started rehearsing so it was almost kind of like this quiet thing that we were doing that no one knew about just yet and then when stuff started to kind of get a little better and open up. Then we started coming out and doing shows and um, it was a little different because we were in Florida. So you're kind of more able to to start doing that earlier than some other States. But um, yeah, so we were doing this whole quiet kind of rehearsal and jamming and stuff. And we wrote those songs in the course of maybe a month and a half. So it was fast, how fast we wrote those songs but it was a very kind of quiet thing until we finally got it out.
3: <laughs> when you think back of, you know, those, you know, the, the creativity in those beginning moments of the band and, you know, basically what the world was dealing with at that time, did the music kind of, was the music, was the music impacted by what was happening? Cause sometimes subconsciously changes the tone. It changes the mm-hmm. feel. Um, right. Can you speak to that? What mm-hmm. was that like for you guys?
2: Um it It was just a very strange time um mm-hmm. it was just it was just really uh a lot of musicians that actually pretty much every every you know local and you know I'm sure national you know performing you know musicians were just at a state of um you know it's kind of okay, well, we can't go play in front of crowds, you know, so let's go write an album and you know mm-hmm. a lot of people you know a lot of people were coming out with records and they, um you know really getting their creativity on you know but that only goes so far and um you know it's just it's just your whole mindset sort of you know changes you know and, and uh just fortunately the cards fell right the timing was perfect for the for uh, for this band because i mean we got together and started writing these songs and and it was just like man wait until we get a chance to just kind of get it out and um and we just kept rehearsing and getting tighter mm-hmm. and tighter and you know just kind of anticipating you know the opportunities to get out and and um it, it, the ball started you know rolling you know more and um so here we are now you know so so it's been it's been a weird you know thing i mean you know like no one was ever really expecting that and there's a lot of people that you know a lot of musicians that fell on hard times you know because of that um especially you know like around here i mean like even just down to the local bar musicians you know i mean they couldn't get gigs and it was just uh, it's just really weird you know it was, it was uh definitely a struggle but we uh and the music that we were writing, you know, the creativity really helped us get through it, you know, and um, still, still yeah, still it, pushing it, on, you know.
0: In kind of a weird way, if it wasn't for COVID, the band probably wouldn't have got together because I would have probably went back to, you know, Los Angeles. And because I ended up, because I was in Los Angeles, I came to visit my parents, the pandemic happened, and then LA shut down. So I was like, well, there's no point in going To LA, if it shut down, and then me and him started getting together, doing writing stuff, and so, and then it it was kind of like that downtime for everyone gave us an opportunity of time to write the songs. Because if you know, then everyone would have been busy doing our own thing, or but so because of that downtime, we had that opportunity to write.
2: Yeah, we're we're fortunate in that regard.
4: Mm Hmm.
3: Was it like being in a bubble? I mean, imagine with everything going on, kind of like a safe haven a, for, to, for yeah. with music.
0: Oh, it was weird. I like because I'm used to being out either playing on the stage every night in front of lots of people. I'm not used to just being at home every day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were definitely in this little weird bubble of the two of us and then the four of us. <laughs> it, was, it was quite quite a, quite an interesting time for sure
2: yeah it was um you know it was just the uh you know it was the you know like almost like the solitary of of just uh you know the four of us being in here, you know, just kinda of really kind of shedding ideas you know and and um almost almost sort of forgetting what it was like to maybe play in front of the crowd or go see live music you know for a while, so yeah so we kind of you know and I don't want to say lost touch with that, but it was, it was, it was definitely a weird you know transition for a while because we're sitting on this uh, great music, you know, and we're just like, man, just, we're just, you know, thinking about how great it would sound live, you know, for like for a while. And I mean, as soon as we got that opportunity, it just, it just, all the jets turned on and, and, uh, and this band really started to skyrocket after that, you know? So
1: but there was well, a short
2: window of time mm-hmm. where we, we were all, all pretty much able to get together, you know, in the same mm-hmm. room. Yeah. And, um, we're in the pandemic in a way, really kind of benefited to that, um, formation of the band actually. So, you know, yep. and, um, uh, yeah, but
0: it, it was definitely weird not playing. Cause like, I think maybe like we didn't play live for like a year and a half. It was very odd. Very um, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we, I mean we would play every day but like in front of people and stuff it for at least maybe about I don't about a, a year and a half because the last gig I had was in in LA and then and then all of a sudden everything stopped. <laughs> so it was odd.
3: <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's kind of like uh, you're just kind of waiting for the w- world to keep turning so you can mm-hmm. so you can play out. What was your first show that you guys did live?
0: Um, it was uh, at Port Charlotte.
2: Yeah, the, Opening- uh, the first show we we uh, we played live was was uh, Port Charlotte, and uh, we opened up actually for a band called uh the Apocalypse uh, Blues Revival or uh or uh, Blues Review. Um, I'm not exactly sure which, but um, Revival. They were uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it was actually Shannon Larkin and uh Tony Rimbola's band from uh fr- from the Band Godsmack. Yeah, it's a spinoff. So it's like a side blues, blues uh, project they had, and um it's a fantastic band, and uh, we we're fortunate to get on that down in South Florida, Port Charlotte, and uh, that show was, was was really kind of electrifying. There were just a lot of people that were just like, wow, man, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, I started buying our original merch, you know, after we had... Yeah, And they and, um, enjoyed
0: the music. Great, great crowd. And uh, both Shannon and Tony were awesome to talk to. And uh, I got to play in Shannon's kit.
2: <laughs> yeah, So that was fun. Yeah, you know, and that was just a good motivation to just kind of, you know, really kind of let it grow because um, mm-hmm. those guys were just really supportive. And, and uh, the crowd was just, you know, I uh, personally haven't experienced, you know, something that supportive for, you know, like an original band um, in a while.
3: So that that's, was, cool. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it had to be, you know, that that payoff that you guys were seeking. You know, oh, absolutely. and in and, and playing every day, but not playing in front of a crowd, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. having this incredible experience had to be a good shot in the arm for you guys too, as well. Because I mean, I, I'm I'm sure when you're doing that, when you're just playing and jamming all the time. You know, think, emotions creep in, right? Doubt creeps mm-hmm. in. Your confidence is shaken. You're wondering yeah. if this is the right thing. This is, you know, are we are we doing the right thing? And and that's just normal human nature. You know, when when you're doing oh, yeah. when you're involved in something like that, and then to have that, like I said, payoff for you guys that that had to be a great experience.
0: Yeah, For me, like, I cause when you mentioned your confidence shaking, like for me playing live, I've never like had that. Like I've always been, oh, we're playing live. That awesome. Like I've always been like this, I don't know. I, some people get like nervous to play. I'm more of the, um, like I'm more of, I don't how to explain it. I've never got that like nervousness. It's always like, I, I, it's like, I've, it's almost become a second nature thing, thing to me, if that makes sense. But it was just, it's just glad to just be in front of people and to see people, (laughs) because uh we were basically just locked up for like a year and a half
2: (laughs) yeah um you know like it was i get terrified uh to play live actually um Mm -hmm. i get so terrified because of the fact (laughs) that you know and not because you know and this may sound strange but not not due to me you know messing up or you know like stuff like that you know i'm sure you know like everyone gets you know just a little bit nervous about you know because um you know because you're reaching kind of like territory every single night on stage you know and like and this band is you know there's such a profound attitude and there's and there's sort of like i mean we pretty much kind of like have an expectation that's been slowly building you know for us um we're fortunate for that and uh you know it's just you know, getting that, getting those jitters, you know, to really just want to make sure that you uh, deliver, you know, and uh, create that visceral response uh, that you're trying to get out, you know. So that was, so the first show was, that was kind of, you know, playing out of town, you know, I got the dudes from Godsmack in the corner watching you, you know, it's, it's, uh, that was, that was pretty, uh, that's pretty great. But we're, you know, I mean, we're fortunate. It was just a fantastic show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, uh, that definitely plays a part
3: what was it like working with kevin elson the acclaimed producer of journey oh, yeah. Skinner, and so many more
2: oh man kevin is a uh is just a musical his musical mind is just um absolutely phenomenal i mean like he's just a guy that you want to just get inspired by um you know it's just fortunate we uh we had our manager you know actually send an email to a man named david frangione that's uh uh you know like one of his consultants you know knows him really well they uh and they met also
0: also he's the ceo of modern drummer just (laughs) uh which is which is cool
2: he's uh yeah he um they met actually running sound for aerosmith actually Mm -hmm. in the 90s and um so uh, we had our manager pitching you know uh just a file you know uh, just kind of like i think just like a demo of us and um and he goes yeah man I'm going to send it to Kevin. We're going to, you know, um, I like this. And, you know, next day we had Kevin on the phone and set up a meeting, you uh, know, talked about this album that we want him to mix and, and uh, produce. And it was just an unbelievable experience getting his friendship and support. Um, it was just something that, you know, I'm still trying to believe, you know, because uh, just the amount of success and uh, the knowledge, you know, that comes with that man is just you know something that should be taken really 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 seriously um you know it made it made us really kind of wanna impress him and want to uh create music for him and uh just to have him as a friend is absolutely beautiful i and personally i think he's probably the best uh sound engineer in the world you know because of just just all the hits he's made i mean like those are his hands doing that you know and um you know cuz i used to ask him about journey and stuff and now he just said you know, I mean, it's just all in the band, you know, but, um, you know, so there's just a lot of, you know, just good, uh, collaboration with that.
3: Yeah. He's done some wonderful stuff. I mean, absolutely. You, you think of those albums that Journey had, you know, during that time, uh, was just tremendous. And of course, you know, working with Skinner too, as well. Um, you know, those are two big bands that, uh, you know the reputation that you build from that stuff too as well did you find that working with him and you kind of mentioned it, it kind of raised the band's game a little bit like you know, you got to come in prepared you know you're working with a guy like that you got to know you, know you got to have your shit down you got to you know you got to know what uh you know what to expect and that had to be that had to be a challenge for you guys too as well
2: yeah i mean um just as far as um our ideas you know musically you know kind of on the album we had the album recorded mm-hmm. we uh, we took it to him to uh to get it mixed and um you know mixed down and stuff i mean okay. so he just had the bare tracks and um we wanted his ideas you know to be on there as well as ours you know so it was one of those things where you know he, you know he, we were just like kevin whatever you want to do man do it and he was like no nah, man whatever you guys want to do do it you know so so uh we just sort of met in the middle and um you know, just having him, you know, on the board, you know, along with David Frangione. I mean, like those guys just, they, they've just been there and done that. They know what sounds good. They know, you know, they just have that mindset of um, just, you know, connecting to, you know, like your everyday people. Um, so that was just, it, you know, it really sort of put us in our place as a band. Um, made us, you know, think a lot more about musical ideas. Um because after that experience, you know, I was always focused on being just a, you know, just a, uh, uh, the best guitar player that I could be, you know, by the time we got this album, ro- uh, wrote, you know, and and uh, laid down and stuff like that, I, I sort of, you know, wanted to turn towards being more of a songwriter after this, you know, after just having multiple conversations with Kevin about um, really, really trying to connect with someone, you know, and using your skills to do that, not just, you know, throwing everything Out there, you know, but really being musical and uh, creative is uh, what he's all about, you know. So that was that was really good for the band. It was a good, it was a good workout. (laughs) And we
0: we also liked a lot of some of the stuff that um his ideas that he put on it because on on our title track "Close to the Sun," it didn't start out with the drums. It started out a little different, and it's funny because whenever I heard that song, I was like, it's missing something in the beginning, and then he. It was like, we're going to do the drums in the beginning. So it does the fill into the, but up, but up, but up, but um, thing. And I was just like, it made it so much huh. pa- like more powerful. I was like, yes, that's exactly what that song needed. And the same thing with the, our song feet down low. Um, we had, when well, we wanted, we have, we had this idea. It needed like stomping on wood. Um, but we're, but we didn't have um a means of how to like do that. And then he figured out a way to get it, to get what we wanted in the song um which is really cool
3: it's always great when it's a collaborative effort right Mm -hmm. when a band you know is is part of that direction you know i Mm -hmm. i I know there's bands that have been part of that process that sometimes when they look back they don't feel like it was their album i felt like it was the producer's album or the engineer's album Mm -hmm. oh sure yeah it's nice to have that that collaborative space where you know he's asking you what you guys want and you're telling him Mm -hmm. whatever you want and you kind of figure it out that's a that's a great Mm -hmm. place to be in Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah yeah Um, so you guys got uh released three singles this year uh tie the line slow down far um is there any is there any plans to release more is this something that you're just going to continue to build on with those three songs
0: well, we also do have a music video for this. This is my personal favorite song off the album is called, a song called Don't Shoot Me Down. So we just released the music video for that. And um, that's uh, that's the first song that me and Buddy um, wrote um, for, for the band. And it, it's cool. It's heavy. It almost has like this ZZ Top Led Zeppelin kind of vibe to it. Um, and uh, the guitar solo with the drums is just full on out um and then in the video the video is cute too so <laughs> but yeah so that's that's another one
2: <laughs> yeah as far as um new singles go uh there's not really any plans for any new singles there's um there's a there's a there's an idea that's been floating around that we have it's a secret but uh <laughs> but it might get you know we uh we're uh, it's we're it's thinking about. it's gonna be super cool yeah m- maybe you know but uh I think it's gonna, it's, 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 yeah, I wish we
0: could say what it is. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But, um, but, uh, we just, uh, we're just gonna keep, I mean, the album's out, you know, so we're just, um, our plan was, you know, to release those, uh, three singles. And, uh, Tie the Line is actually in Dolby Atmos, you know, the, uh, Spatial Audio, you know, so that, that, uh, uh, gives listeners, you know, a cool, a cool thing to check out too. Um, but, uh, those are the three singles and we just have the album and, uh, we're just gonna, you know, ride this out and, um, and uh you know but we're i mean we've written i don't know how many songs since since uh the album was actually finished i mean so you know we uh we play a lot of new songs live as well you know so uh i mean like as soon as this album was finished it's like man you know like this new song would go great too i mean like every time we rehearse yeah we, uh, we seem to come up with a about a song and a half of uh you know material each uh rehearsal you know so it's it's just really productive yeah think, you know
0: I was gonna say our new our new song is one of the more like it's like a new favorite of mine to play out when we play it live just and um and the and it's it's just it has a cool vibe it almost has like this like who kind of thing to it it's really um it's one of my favorites
2: (laughs) yeah it's very uh this band really really works fast Mm
4: -hmm.
2: it's um it's the fastest working musical project I've ever been in yeah Mm -hmm. my first original band as well so it's kind of scary it's scary to know that you're working with just such great people around you, you know, that um, it really, you know, makes you want to be better yourself. And uh, so we just work really fast and uh, really hard. And so everything you hear is just very raw and very fast and hard. <laughs> oh, you go to see us live and that's what you get as well. We're just, mm-hmm. there's just no gimmicks. It's just very live rock and roll, um, mm-hmm. very tight. You know, good, this well-rounded musicianship. Coming off the stage into the people, yep. and that's and all we play, we're
0: about. And we play off each other really well. Um, so it's a very it's it's almost like this kind of like free like if you see the band free live where all the instruments are kind of just like playing off of each other where it's rock and roll, but it's almost like this jazz free floating solo, but it's still rock and roll.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as the new rock scene, the emerging rock scene that's out there. Uh, you know, when I think back before the pandemic, and I've mentioned this, I mentioned this quite a bit on the show, you know, rock was kind of left for dead before the pandemic. Um, yep. you know, it was obviously it'll never die, but the, the relevancy of rock had really taken a beating over a decade plus with, mm-hmm. um, just lack of relevant acts that were emerging that were new and very true. When you think of rock now, who would have thought that after a pandemic, the enthusiasm and the charge that emerging, the emerging rock scene has behind it, um, the momentum is is something that I don't think anyone could have predicted.
1: Because I think people
3: felt when the pandemic happened, a lot of people are like, man, it's just going to be worse. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just seems like, The music that's coming out with these new bands, especially, you know, I I talk a lot with the bands from the, you know, the southern part of the United States, Mm -hmm. whether it's from Florida or whether it's from Mississippi or Nashville or Kentucky. Um, it it just seems like there's a revival of new emerging rock bands and the scene just keeps growing and growing. And we're not even, even talking about what's happening overseas or in Mm -hmm. Canada um or in you know in latin america too as well uh it just seems like their the scene is now global and the growth there's pop music's always going to be the most popular we all know that cuz they call it pop music cuz it's popular music oh, but sure. you know i think especially the young people now are really starting to connect with rock music because it's mm-hmm. that angst that they need because they've been dealing with a bunch of crap for the last 2 years place for them to turn you know for you're 15 16 years old and you know and you you know pop music ain't doing it for you when you're sitting around doing the same thing every day you know so how have you guys felt about the scene and and how you know your place in it and where you're going in the future
2: well i can tell you firsthand that um growing up i was just heavily inspired i mean like this this is nothing new for me um I've been completely inspired and it's just been my dream actually for something like this to happen to, uh, to the market, as well as just um, young people just getting, you know, like getting together and really digging, you know, classic rock and roll music, just, uh, you know, just um, good kind of Americana, you know, music just in general. Yeah. And um, you know, and it's just, it's just a blessing uh, because when we play, you know, we, I mean there there's uh, young people there, you know, and, and, and um you can just look in their eyes and just tell that, you know, they're because a lot of young people now I mean they don't know about Let's Up they don't know about Bad Company, they don't know about, you know, Eric Clapton. and um <laughs> and just so many more, you know, and, and um you know, it's just you know, a blessing. It's almost like it's it's taking a huge spin, you know, let say like it's all kind of revolving back and it's 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 all you know kind of reinventing itself the entire genre is sort of reinventing itself lately um which is something that i feel something that i personally am am just grateful for uh because it's just it's just very raw it's very it it was it was it was based on raw um emotion in the first place and i just think the same thing that's happening i mean just like when the beatles you know came out you know Um, everyone wanted to grow their hair long and everyone was listening to this new stuff that was just kind of like weird stuff that you're captivated by. There's just a lot of bands out there really, really, really doing just a fantastic job making it their own uh, for the market. And um, I'm, you know, forever, you know, influenced by the bands around us too as well. Just, um, so it's sort of just a huge friendship of just this thing that's just been circulating and it's, uh, it's making a huge comeback in a very, very, very positive way that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just forever
3: grateful for. What are your thoughts, Melanie?
0: Well, yeah, well, it's, it's a little different because, like, I was in Los Angeles, so I was a part of that whole the rock scene in Los Angeles. Like, this may... This was uh, before, like, Dirty Honey got together, but, like, there would be, like, rock jams, and I know some of the members would go to the rock jams and we would all play together. Um, so as far as now, I heard because I, cause I haven't been in la for a while i heard that it's kind of been kind of weird at the moment but the la rock scene was like was like really happening but the problem was it wasn't transitioning over to the mainstream so you weren't seeing it hearing it on the radio you weren't seeing it on I mean, the music awards mtv music but it was it was um happening people were going to concerts and selling them out you just weren't seeing it exactly um, yeah, so because like what what is being kind of pushed is like rap and pop music, but those who were kind of in the music scenes, the concerts were all, all rock. Like if you were to go to any place like the Troubadour or what was happening at um, any venue in Los Angeles, it was all rock music, and it was selling out, but it just wasn't getting pushed to your TV or to your award shows or to like even like the Super Bowl games. Um, but I think now there's going to be this, um, resurgence of something that's going to happen because I know a lot of people are just kind of, you know, someone like me who doesn't really particularly care for, you know, pop music or rap music or that kind of thing. We want to see what we like out on the mainstream. And I think a lot of people have are, are like that. And also with me, I I don't, you know, I think the computer using the computer thing to make music is cool, but I like hearing real instruments on a track. Um, and I, I, like now if you listen to the radio, everything's computerized, there's no, there's no, there's not a real person playing drums. It's a computer. And I think that's also, that's also missing in music right now, but I think there's going to be a switch. Um, yeah. That, okay. that, that is long overdue because I know anything I turn on the radio and it's it's just a computer and it's not a real instrument. <laughs> um,
3: well, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that L.A. scene, you know, Dirty Honey, Joyous mm-hmm. Wolf, def- Classic def- Act. Oh, yep. Some
2: yeah. of my favorite bands.
3: Yeah, of Limbo, you know, from Long Beach, yep. too, as well, oh, yeah. you know, yep. uh, f- fantastic bands. Uh, and then you look at the emerging rock scene in Nashville. Yep, you know, where there's so many rock bands that are coming out of that area era too. It's you know long I, them, thought of mm-hmm. as a as a country, you know, uh, a mecca for country right. music, and it still is. But rock music is really growing in Nashville. Well,
0: well, well, what what happened is a lot of people in LA for the pandemic they all moved down down south. They all moved to Nashville. <laughs> uh-huh. So a lot yeah. of a lot of that happened. So I think um yeah I know, I know there's this really good band called them them Dirty Roses out of Nashville. Oh, I love those
3: band. I love that band. Yep. Yeah, I just saw yep. them live. Fantastic. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, no they
0: they're great. And yeah, and I have a lot of people um on my friends and stuff that are from Nashville that uh they're the great musicians out there, but a lot of them they were in Los Angeles and they moved down to Nashville. Yeah,
3: yeah I was talking <laughs> to Amy Darling who mm-hmm. was in LA and now she's in Nashville. She's done some stuff with Tuck Smith and uh some you know some other artists too as well she's a great young emerging artist too but nice. yeah she moved down there but yeah it's just crawling i mean them dirty roses cocaine and mm-hmm. whiskey is a fantastic song yep. um when you mentioned the beats i had tyler baker from goodbye yep. june and i had mm-hmm. john natto from dirty honey yep. on, oh, wow. on, on the same show and um tyler baker was talking about this writing session that he was doing in nashville so he brings his guitar he's all ready to go he, You know, he looks around, everyone's got their laptops out. And there's a guy in the room called the Beat Guy who's making (laughs) beats. And he's like, What the hell am I doing? You know, it's like, This is not how I write music. I get out, write, you know, figure out a riff and I, you know, figure out the arrangement and everything. And there's a guy making beats on his computer. And he's like, That's just not for me. You know, that's just not what I want to do. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: I mean, just in my opinion, um, you know it's just the it's just the raw emotion of uh, there's just so many great like you know the georgia thunderbolts you know mm-hmm. they, um oh, sorry
3: love that bamboo. <laughs>
0: oh no oh, no yeah. we're, we like them they're um, friends of ours and and yeah,
3: no, yeah. you
2: know
0: we're gonna play with them on the 19th
2: right yeah march 19th oh. yeah TJ, exactly was, tj
3: was on last month he was great
0: oh nice oh yeah fantastic, yeah yeah. Man. Fantastic yeah we like dream. them a lot
2: uh, there's just a lot of really, really, really talented groups, you know, inspiring groups that are coming out lately that um, are really doing this rock and roll thing justice. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people climbing on board to see these really, I mean, they're just real fantastic vintage rock bands, you know, and mm-hmm. and, it, and it's, it's cool because, you know, it, it's um all of these bands seem to have a vintage flair, which is, which is, you know, this is, you know, it's a classic rock revival. But there's a it's just an entire circle of of um, this entire scene sort of really kind of making a comeback. Um, and uh, we're just fortunate to just kind of be uh, involved in it, um, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's it's just something, you know, like I said, man, it's been my dream um, for a while for, you know, the people to really come together like this. And, and uh, you know, I just I just feel like people are sort of appreciating it and kind of, you know. You know, kind of like when I was listening to Zeppelin when I was younger. You know, I mean, really young. I could never really get into it. I couldn't understand what was happening with Robert Plant screaming. And just it it, it didn't make sense to me when I was young. I was just like, this is just weird, man. As soon as I got older, it kind of hit me. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, because it's just the emotion behind it. The rawness and the, you know, when you see a band up there working. Working to deliver a song, working to, you know, displaying themselves, you know, on their instrument, just the raw sound of it live, that will do something to you. And um, I think that's what's happening with these bands playing live. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's a real thing, you know, and we just better, you know, thank the Lord that it's coming back, you know,
3: because it is. There's nothing like a rock and roll show right I mean no i I took my son he, he he my son and I we go to a lot of shows together he's seventeen, and I think two years ago or three years ago three years ago this summer, I took him to see the of Tours in Milwaukee oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and they have this policy where you got to put your cell phone in a pouch. <laughs> And so no one's able to be on their cell phone and record. And it's so awesome because right. everyone is not just not only physically present, but also mentally present too, right? They're right. not distracted; are right. in the moment. And they come out on stage. Brendan Benson's also in that band too. He's a great singer songwriter. Um, and they just it, like they took off. Like it was like a it was like a jet just coming out. So we get out of the show and and uh, I turn to my son, I go, that's how it's done. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, that's how a band grabs you by the throat during a live show and never lets you go till the last note is played. That's what rock and roll is about, that energy, that synergy with the crowd. And you mm-hmm. can't get that if you're looking down at your phone all the time and looking up and doing all that stuff. Right. It, you, it, you miss it. And And when you are able to have a band like that, and a crowd that is just packed in one of those old theaters and the energy comes out and they're just rocking out. It's just, there's nothing like it. There's absolutely nothing like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, For a band to, you know, really any kind of music. Um, I mean, there, there's, there, there's some phenomenal shows out there, um, that can be put on and have been put on, you know, forever. Um, but for, you know, like a rock and roll band, um, to be able to deliver a certain amount of force and presence on the drums and the same thing with the bass guitar, the same thing with a lead guitar, rhythm guitar, you know, like in our case, a four piece band, you know, everyone has their own, you know, it's just identity on their one instrument, you know, that gets featured, you know? Um, And, you know, just everyone just sort of, you know, it really takes something, uh, you know, special to have a band, really deliver on all cylinders, you know, live. And, um, you
3: know,
0: I was going to say funny that, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt funny that you just mentioned them dirty roses. They actually posted themselves drinking to our song.
3: (laughs) That was so, that was so great
0: about
4: that. band.
3: when I saw them, I saw them in Chicago, I think August or September. And I didn't know what to expect from the band. I knew cocaine and whiskey. I knew a couple Mm -hmm. other songs. Um, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'll check them out, you know? So I went down there by myself and I, I was talking to Andrew after the show Right. and I go, and I go dude, you guys are like a Southern rock band with the Van Halen party mm-hmm. because it was, like, <laughs> it was, it was like that drinking on stage, drinking whiskey yeah. and having a good time. And, you know, the show is getting more energized as, as the, as the, as the alcohol is flowing, and, uh, I'm like, man, I appreciate that because that's the era that I come from, you know, that mm-hmm. Van Halen, Motley Crue era, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And, Sunset
0: Strip era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, yep.
3: it's been a while since bands embraced that rock star persona. Now you mm-hmm. don't have to be a heroin addict to be, you know, a rock star persona, <laughs> but you know, that just that, that dangerous. I mean, you know, I've said this before when Dave Lee Roth was on TV, whether you hated him or liked him, you mm-hmm. wanted to hear what he had to say because it was just. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember Martha Quinn, who was one of the old MTV VJs, said mm-hmm. you can ask him a question and he's going to already answer it the way he wants to answer it. May have nothing to do with the question. But you wanted to hear that. You wanted to see like when Axl Rose or Guns N' Roses performed, you wanted mm-hmm. to see what they did. And I think Rock is, New Rock is finally embracing that after mm-hmm. kind of a long period of time of kind of being vanilla safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like something like, something like happened with rock. Cause rock and roll is supposed to be like a little dangerous, kind of wild, heavy. It's that's, that's kind of like this, you know, persona, but then all of a sudden it kind of went kind of safe. Yeah. Yeah. It, it almost like it it was, it was, uh, some of the, some of the rock that has come out between the past, maybe five years has been kind of, um, interesting
3: <laughs> yeah well
2: yeah no <laughs> yeah to me that entire just all of that you know um those guys were were living their best life and uh, doing all that shit because of the fact that they were that they had such a good band they felt so comfortable they felt so confident they could display that at any moment on a stage whether mm-hmm. it's in an interview i mean it, it's just the confidence level that came from the the uh, the musicality of the band you know so that you know that's the stuff that i get off on is is um those guys were just so just to know just to know that they were that confident in their craft you know that that's something that you know that that um i was always just so impressed with you know because it's uh you know i mean it's one thing to see a band up there you know like acting like clowns but to be able to sound that good and do it, it it's you know i mean that it, it's probably a reason why they're doing it you know because they know they can because they know they're good and all these people are gonna love it and they're making a career off of it you know so it's that entire shift really 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 you know i mean you just can't beat it it's just something that it's just beautiful i just i'm i'm literally so in love with this whole classic rock revival mm-hmm. that i'm just transastically.
3: No, you you, you <laughs> yeah. mentioned like, you know, you know acting like clowns. That was that was part of the era though. It was like the traveling oh, yeah. circus. No. Nope. You know, but they could play like That's exactly you know, what. Yeah. You know, you think of Van Halen, you think of Eddie just running up and down the stage, doing whatever he wanted to do with that fretboard and smiling and that in that, you know, that grin on his face at the same time. Right. Um yeah, it was you know, and I and I think the music The music has arrived with with the merging rock scene. I think some personalities need to develop out of that scene. Absolutely. You know some some personalities that are, and it's okay to be controversial. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. today people are so worried about being canceled. Yeah. Um, But I think it's okay. You're a rock star. Be be be. You know, say what you want.
0: Some stuff. It's almost like you can't have an opinion about anything. And and some stuff that like people are getting canceled for. I'm like. It's not really it's just an opinion. It's it's not (laughs) like someone like got mad at me because I was like, We need more rock and roll in the Super Bowl. And like people were like, I was like, I just said we needed more rock and roll in the Super Bowl. I was like, I didn't I was like, what? (laughs) Why are you guys on my case? I just was like, where's the rock music at? Right, right, Um, right. But they came out to Guns N' Roses, which I thought was funny. Um but that was uh, just some stuff. I'm just like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> rock, I, like, and that was for the fun about rock. Cause it was like so dangerous. And it was mm-hmm. like, this like attraction to it. it was, like, it's like, I mean, you see, you read the articles on Led Zeppelin and like well, Leonard Skinner and all those bands. I was like, it was like, cool. It's like fun is this mystery and danger in, in it. And then now it's just kind of like, no.
3: <laughs> yeah. Enough. I think that you know it needs to come back. Yeah. Definitely.
2: Well, you know, d- just the, that whole thing was that, they, you know, like, uh, like I said again, I, it, uh, those guys were just so confident in what they were doing, and mm-hmm. and um, a lot of them had to do what they did in order to survive. I mean, they really they didn't want to do anything else; they probably couldn't, and they they just kept doing that and doing that, and uh, you know, that it just that really was their lifestyle, you know, and they and they they were doing it for a living and they got up on stage and they and they were themselves on the stage I mean you know I mean these are guys that have been writing songs and you know really playing the same songs for for you know years I mean like even at that time you know 10 years you know 5 or 6 years and they were just and they were just really that was their life and they really just went up there they had so much confidence in each other as a band that they just they just went up there and lived their best life and um that was just uh that really has been missing in in uh, rock lately you know mm-hmm. this uh, this whole uh, uh, resurgence of rock is just so you know fantastic and and uh, it's going to keep developing. I you know, think it's so keep too. Developing and growing, you know, and yeah. um, so yeah, it's a beautiful thing.
3: So what's next for you guys? You guys mentioned you're playing with the Georgia Thunderbolts. Yep. What's uh, any tours coming up? Can you announce anything? Can you talk about anything?
0: Well, we we can't talk about the tour yet or tours yet, but it's we got some stuff going on. Um. But yes, we're playing a show with the Georgia Thunderbolts. It's um, Southern Rock Revival um, show in Jack's Beach at the Seawalk um, Pavilion. So um, there's a lot of great bands on that. And um, it's cool because uh, we've been talking with the Georgia Thunderbolts for a while because um, uh, and befriending them. And they're really cool guys. We like their music. They like our music. And it's cool that we finally get to like hang out and meet them because, you know, we um, because We're not too far from each other, they're up in Georgia. We're down here in Jack- Jacksonville, so it's going to be a fun show.
3: Is it just you two guys, or is anybody else there?
0: There's there's a, a couple um a lo- uh local bands playing, okay. um, yeah. I think you know, you know,
3: the uh, yeah, yeah the Sam, the
2: uh, uh, there's a band called Sam Hill. The uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, one of our friends, uh, Kurt Town, has his Town? band, yep. and uh, uh, second, I believe, a band called yeah second shots uh, band yeah you know, which is awesome. uh which is actually paul axel's band which was uh paul's a brother of dave lubeck from uh, molly hatchet you know the, oh, one of the found you know guitar players and um so you know just a lot of cool southern it's a good southern rock fest because mm-hmm. we're you know we're from jackson um you know the thunderbolts are coming down and um you know band-to-band relationships are very much more important than you know like anything else you know because mm-hmm. it's it's um you know, as far as, as far as moving up and, and, uh, you know, kind of getting out there, you know, it's, um, you know, you rely on each other, you know? And, exactly. uh, so those guys, those guys are just really one of a kind. I mean, they're just beautiful souls beautiful musicians. And, uh, one of the best bands I've heard in a while, you know, mm-hmm. so it's just, we're just fortunate to be involved with them. Yeah. You
3: know? Yeah. Can we get a witness to such a fantastic album, mm-hmm. you know, uh, oh, yeah. um, one of my favorites for last year, but, uh, but, hey, you know, it's been a great conversation with both of you. Um, really enjoy getting to know you guys, learning more about the band. Uh, for those listening, the band is Fortune Child. The album is Close to the Sun. It's available on all streaming platforms. And can you get a physical copy, too, as well?
0: We're we're starting to make those. So it's in okay. the wor- works to get those made. But um, for right now, everything's um, available on streaming services. Um and it's going to be cool because we're trying to get vinyl out too. Cause I know a lot of people love vinyl. I like vinyl. I have a lot of my dad's old records from like mm-hmm. the sixties and seventies. Um, so <laughs> I yeah. know a lot of people if are going back to vinyl. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
3: Um, well, great. Well, yeah. thanks Melanie. Thanks buddy mm-hmm. for doing this. I do absolutely appreciate it. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. Absolutely, man. Thank you.
3: All right, everyone. That is Melanie and Buddy from Fortune Child. I am Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay strong, stay healthy, take care of each other. We'll talk again soon. Thank you.
4: So don't you sit there waiting on me?